Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defects Podcast. My name is Winter. I'm a comedian and this is my show. Those that are new to the show, welcome. Those that are old to the show, thanks for coming back. This is episode 92 with a very funny, multi-talented comedian, Joseph Jacobs. He's a rapper slash comedian and he's both of those things. He released an album in 2008 called Mentalist Order and he's online on YouTube as Jester Jacobs. He's also just recently released another album called Grimefulness in March of 2021. He is under the record label Revorg Records. So, you know, go check him out. Go find his stuff there. And he's also part of a rap troupe called Moose Funk Squad. Moose Funk Squad. Go find him online. Go follow his stuff. He's a very funny guy and a really lovely fella too. And you can find this podcast. We're on Facebook. We're there. We have a page. You can go to Twitter. You can follow me at Winter Dominus. I'm also on Instagram at Winter Dominus as well. That's Winter, D-O-M-I-N-U-S. Now, if you like this podcast enough and you feel like you want to donate, just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defects Podcast. I'll donate as little or as much as you feel this podcast is worth. And if you can't donate, that's okay. Just tell your friends about your favorite episode or go to the podcast app and leave us a nice, honest review because it tells people where we are and what we're up to. And that's all I'm going to say for this intro. Episode 92, Joe Jacobs. Enjoy. Joe Jacobs, thank you for coming on The Comedy Defect. Thank you for sharing an hour of your time with me. And uh, what have you been up to? Pleasure. How are you, man? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. How are I'm, you? I'm just highs and lows, mate. Highs and lows, to be honest. But, you know, hanging in there, mate. Tell, just... me, about, tell, me, about, tell me about the highs and lows. Highs and lows, man. Just sort of... Um up and down between um what am i doing now and what should i be doing kind of get staying motivated trying to keep writing jokes keep trying to write the next show it just all seems a little bit pointless at the moment to be honest you know what i mean yeah i hear that, I, hear that. I mean like i mean i say like things have been going really well good for you right i mean i'm looking at your like the bio uh joe and i was like whoa geez dude you've done a lot in like the since 2012 man like you've done a lot got a lot in was 2020 the one that you were like, well, this is, this, I'm on the way up now. This is, this is it. It took the legs out from under you? Well, kind of. I mean, 2020 was uh, a bit of a write off, but 2019, it felt oh. like things were on the right path. I got a bit of TV, I got a radio thing under my belt. But you know, in this game, it, you can't really rest on your laurels and you're always mm. looking to the next thing, always. You know, nothing's ever promised. So yeah. I never thought I was on my way. I wasn't signed in 2019 either. Like I felt, mm. I felt like uh, something was wrong. Something wasn't quite taking it to the next level. And then when you get to the next level, you realize there's like 50 more levels. Yeah, that's it right. never ends. That's it. But I'm having fun and enjoying myself. So that's the main thing. But you, what about you then, man? Like, how are you coping with this situation at the moment? I tell you what, the first lockdown, honestly, it was cool for for quite a while. I had a few wobbles but for the most part i had i was kind of looking after myself going for walks mm. trying to write trying to be productive not allowing myself to fall into negativity and mm -hmm. kind of bad habits because i was aware you know that if i'm not careful it could really do some damage to myself mentally along with a lot of other people yeah. i was very grateful for the blessings that i had you know i could have been in a lot worse situation than a lot of people so yeah, yeah, I kept busy, tried to do a bit of work where I could find it. And then the second lockdown, the one we're in at the moment, I kind of gone off the rails a bit because it's just this second lockdown is a bit shit and it really like yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. All my bad habits are coming back. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of drinking, a yeah. little bit of smoking, you know. 
you're walking through the supermarket kind of going, God, you know, just a few cans would be nice tonight. You know, that's just, yeah, I mean, just feel like, I just feel like getting hammered. That's what it is. And that's a dangerous yeah. uh, behavior and mental um, kind of thought process for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just, exactly. I've never had that beer. I've never had that one, you know, I mean, this is one of the beers in the aisle that you've never had. It's, uh, mm. it's getting to that stage now. I do red wine. I think, ah, oh, let me try my palate. Try some of this. It's just I just okay. Let's go with the red wine then, man. What's the what's your what's your poison with that then? Are you dry or are you like a uh, a fruity? I'll be honest with you, I don't really know. I just like I like red. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's the color. <laughs> <That's the color. laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like white wine. It tastes like vinegar. You know when you have like you know that that red wine. I mean, I'm not big into red wine, but I do know what you're saying. I'm getting to an age now when I come. I appreciate a glass of red wine. You know, with like uh, some food with meat. Do you eat meat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, you have this, and one of those wines, I don't know, I don't even know the name of it because I, I say I'm not up on it, but when you have that one glass, you go, oh, God, this is, I want a kind of glass that sort of desiccates you and you can barely finish that bottle, if you know what I'm saying. That's the one I'm after, yeah. That's the one that's that I my want. Favorite. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite type of wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you really dehydrate the next day, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a good bottle of wine. Oh, yeah, still got stains yeah. on, the, on the lips. So That's like, a good sign when you've got stains, when you've got stains on you. Yeah. So it's a good red wine. That's it. You feel like you've been you tattooed. At, you've been tattooed at the same time, right? You say, oh, yeah, nice. Okay, go, did I get a tattoo last night? No, it's just a wine. Okay, right. Okay. But what about this on my arm? <laughs> but um, mm. so uh, when I last saw you, you weren't doing the, I mean, like I say for your set, you didn't do any um, like rapping and, and, and stuff like that. When, when was the moment you said, right, I'm going to put this into my act? I actually can't remember, but oh. I've been making music since... Yeah, you know, about 2006, 2007. Mm. So it was always there. Cool. I just never wanted to bring it in straight away. I just wanted it to feel like the right time. And uh, sometimes I'll do a show where I've said I'll do music and I'll get there and I'll think, nah, it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. This isn't the right vibe. Mm. I can't really force it. There's nothing worse than subjecting an audience to rap music when they clearly fucking hate rap music. You know, mm. They just want some jokes. Yeah. So you've got to call it as you see it first lockdown what were you writing were you just writing more music or you'd like write a new show or what were you doing first lockdown i've got an album coming out and i was finishing up it was basically finished and i was trying to do the last bits of artwork get the artwork together shoot the videos get the kind of little campaign ready for it so mm-hmm. that was my focus mm-hmm. and i'd already started writing another album with a very good producer so i had that to write uh, i had a bit of work for an anti-Semitism charity. They wanted me mm. to do a rap about that. So that was something that was going on. And um, writing, actual writing-wise, I was just trying to write kind of like just stories, really, and just stuff. I wasn't really focused on writing sets because it all just felt, everything felt inauthentic, mm. you know? Mm. Like just sitting, trying to write jokes about fucking like, Tinder or whatever. Like it just... Mm. Nothing Nothing felt credible. I wrote a lot of material about COVID and lockdown, and I did a bit of that at the few shows that I've done since all this happened, and that felt great. I like to keep things fresh. I don't really like to be performative in what I'm doing and just say old shit if mm. it doesn't feel uh, genuine. Kind of the energy in it, right, rather than like it just feels like... Uh... You've uh, just, yeah, you just feel, dis- I say, dis- disingenuous, just taken out again. It's like, oh, this this old thing, this old bloody thing. You're just you're dead behind the eyes. You want to keep it fresh, right? Yeah, I think, like, me personally, if I was seeing comedy, especially at a time like this, mm. where it's kind of almost criminal to be out doing it or watching it, like, you want mm. 
I think you want people to speak about what's happening rather than just kind of reel off old stuff that's yeah. not really of the moment. No, at least make an effort. We don't have to do much for this job. At least try and keep it topical. You know, I was walking down the street the other day. I went to the cinema the other day. No, I didn't. I didn't do any of those things. None of the, yeah. all those things seem redundant now. You were at home <laughs> watching Netflix or whatever it was, you know, like everybody, right. or tidying a part of the house, house that you haven't actually uh, looked at for fucking years and just selling stuff on uh, on eBay or whatever place you can get rid of stuff to make some money. Um, I yeah. am doing that, actually. I love mm. eBay. I'm a big eBay guy. What's the thing you sold recently on eBay? What have I been selling recently? Uh, well... I'm helping my dad shift a load of shit because he's oh. going through a very prolonged divorce. So nice. he's giving me all kinds of shit to sell. But I was selling my own, like a few records, books, mm. uh, what other shit, like cameras, yeah. anything. That's it, just clear out, right? Just someone else, fill up someone else's place. Exactly. A, a set of alloys I've had for, God knows, like about five years now. And someone's coming tomorrow to pick them up. And I'm like, oh, thank God they're going, man. I just, because I got my alloys nicked off my car. Uh, about I say about many years ago, and I've been had them just around my neck for ages. And I'm like, right, I need to get rid of these bloody things. So someone's come pick up tomorrow. But I had also had a lot of shelving, and this this guy who came to pick the shelving up uh, um, came with his missus uh, who had a van, all this like IKEA shelving, you know. And uh, I could see I was like, all right, how's it going? Here, here, it's in the garage. There you go. Take take it away. Do you want to help help with it? I could see how pissed off his missus was having to take all this shit that she didn't want in her place. <laughs> and it was like it made me laugh because I was like, oh, this is this is even better than that. Just having the space. I'm like, I'm seeing someone else is life be cluttered while my life is being uncluttered it's just oh it's beautiful it was there just such an exchange of energy mate i was like oh i gotta feel so free <laughs> and i'm getting money for this oh god yeah. it's so cathartic so um it's good it's good yeah. it's good when you sell something for some good dough when you didn't think you would oh for good, sure even if it's like a tenner yeah <laughs> so that's it so so you live at home now or is, is that helping uh, no, I was I was in Finsbury Park. Finsbury Park, right? Okay. My dad lives in a place called Chesham. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, not far from me. I'm Hemel, so yeah, yeah. that's right. We did a, I did your gig in Hemel. Mm, that was a nice right. show. Yeah, it's nice, man. It was it. Hopefully, it'll start back up again. And I've started another one up in um, Abbots Langley as well. It's a, a hundred seater. It's a, like a theatre room. It's very nice. Um, so hopefully that will, will come back when all thaws and we all get going again. So you're are you living with other comedians now as well? No, no, no. Somewhere. that's good just for mental health that's that but also good and bad because you you could go home for christmas well i mean you're catching me when i'm deciding what the fuck i'm gonna do i mm. I, I try not to follow everything and i'm quite unintelligent mm. so tearful means i can't visit my mother for christmas right mm. yeah i guess so but but yeah, like I but I, I but I, in fairness i think that they're all your fat your family in it so like you're already in a bubble with them you've met them recently so it really doesn't matter does it Okay. Are you, are you, is this fact? I mean, this is, I mean, I'd say like you haven't been out, like you haven't really been like in contact with anyone else. You, you know, it's like, you're not, no, no, no. you're not physically. I mean, I did, I, I did a gig in Tottenham, which definitely had COVID in it. Oh, right. It was just full of utter scum. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I just don't, I, I just, I can't follow it enough, man. I don't no. know. So if it's family, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's the best thing. Look, family's fine. Just it's not that far anyway. Everywhere's in tier four, isn't it? Anyway, so you're not going to be 
uh, like I think you know it's just normal sort of things. Don't start licking handles or windows. Just you know, like you would anyway, and just yeah. you know, keep yourself clean and just you'll be grand. You're not ill. It, it just it's. I think there's a lot of hyperbole. And don't go to Kent because apparently the the mutated form is out there, isn't it? Yeah, I heard about that. What a shit show. Mate, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I don't have enough information, and the information I've got is just warped. So I don't even know. But I think just do what you feel is right, and then just and definitely be with your family because you don't know how long you got left with them anyway. That's a nice positive outlook. Good. You know, that's it. Just enjoy it. Like, just yeah, man. Well, you don't. It's a positive, negative, really. You know, just go. Well, you know, you could, might not get up tomorrow. You you might be your, your time. That's it. So just go see him. You know, that's the kind of thing, and then enjoy yeah, that moment. Yeah. It's it's in winter time as well, mate, and it's just like oh, it's no good for the mental health at all. There's not enough light. Can't go out. Definitely can't go out now. So, but you know, just go, go and do that thing, man. Just be with your family. That was the reason why. Um, yeah, the second lockdown was kind of shit because that first one was nice. Everyone was in it together. It was like yeah. the World Cup. You know, sunny, yeah. beautiful weather. Now yeah. it's cold, miserable, dark. It's not the same. Grew up in Chesham. Is that right? No, I didn't grow up in Chesham. Grew up in North London. North London, right, right, okay. And yeah, I moved out to Cheshire. And uh, did you uh, like? Wh- why did you start comedy? Did you? When do you think you were gonna get into it? Why did I start? I, yeah, I, um, it was always something I wanted to do, and I put it off for years because you just don't know when is a good time to start. How do you decide to start? And I didn't know how, but I heard someone, friend of a friend, who was doing a show in the West End. He was starting out, and I just got in touch with him and said next show take me show me right show me where it happens yeah and i went and i did it it was fucking garbage but i kind of got the itch i stuck it out for (laughs) for a long time i was shit for a good five years i'd say do you remember your birth date do i remember that what the first show yeah i don't remember the the first i can find it because it it was the lion's den in the old oh yeah yeah right right it was the last ever Lions Den at the Cross Kings in King's Cross. So it was a full house, a lot of people, a lot of in-jokes. And yeah, that was me. And uh, I remember Tim, bless right. him, RIP, he kind of put, he just said, look, just stop fucking pacing around. I'll put you on next, okay? Now you know when you're on. Just fucking mm-hmm. sit down. So I was like freaking out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never got to play the one in uh, King's Cross. I went to the one in, oh, is it Shaftesbury Avenue? yeah that's what i went that went down yeah that's it man it's a shame that's finished now yeah well, i like, think they're keeping it going just not with tim you remember your first joke or your think first thing you said on stage uh yeah i remember some of my old material what was terrible go on go on <laughs> well definitely remember oh man some of my old jokes are so bad i remember i had glasses on that right. weren't real <laughs> just fake glasses for the purpose of one joke about yeah. saying I'm a glasses wearer. Should something about should have gone to spec. Oh fuck it, like, mate. <laughs> I can't remember. But it's let me right. tell you, it's fucking. It was shit. Yeah. And like the fact that I had to wear glasses to do a lie, like a joke that was a lie and not mm. even good. That just shows you kind of the level I was at. Really, I think I had cue cards to yeah. remember my garbage. Right. Because you know you're very scared the first time. It's a because it because it, yeah. it, it, it means so much to do that. So you want it to go well. And of course, the likelihood is it's not going to go well. Yeah. But they were supportive enough. But yeah, it was terrible. What yeah. a shit show. And yeah. I remember the first the first show went okay because I was introduced as a first-timer. Then when mm. I was not introduced as a first-timer, that's when I properly ate shit. 
<laughs> you know, because yeah. you don't have the grace period anymore. Just be funny. Yeah, that's it. No support. You just got to just do your job, isn't it? There's no uh, allowances at all. Yeah, and it was the Lions Den again the second time. That was really the only show I knew for quite a while. Because, like, sometimes people say, how do I do comedy? I want to try it. And, like, the truth is, I think they've already failed if they say that. you just got to find a way to do it. I didn't fucking know. No one told me. I didn't have any friends who were comedians. I just had to figure it out, show up, die, get the train back, think about what I'd done. Yeah, that's it. That should be this, the mantra, isn't it? Okay, you die. Now go and think about what you've done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. I know. Uh, who was the person you followed down to the lines then? Who was your uh, your dealer? So he was a guy called Dougie Hastings. Right. Um, who was like, I don't think he does it anymore. He was at the time, he was sort of like doing, I think it was like sort of stand up slash poetry. And uh, yeah, he was the person that I asked to help me to take me to a show. He, it was through him. And I remember going there and the type of people that were there at the time in those days, I remember Ty Atkins mm. was there. He was the host of the den at the time. Darius Davies, mm. Kwame Asante was there, mm. Sean Mahoney, people like that. And a lot of people that we haven't seen since. I remember like a guy, a, a ginger comedian called Ginger Dan or something. Yeah, <laughs> never heard from him. Ginger you thought Dan. they were like shit hot at the time, yeah, because you know they had their solid ten. Yeah, yeah. I remember meeting Joel Domit there when he'd just done like a sort of headline ten. He was kind of still new but very good. Yeah, this would have been 2012 kind of time. It's saw great, a few man. good people. Yeah, a lot of shit though. A lot of shit. A lot yeah. of shit. But it's nice to see that you know it's just like it can be done. Just keep going at it. Keep keep plugging away. You know. I mean, you won the King Gong in 2013, right? And I mean, you got a lot of yeah. uh, finalist stuff on, on your belt as well. You knew, knew actually, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, at the Comedy Cafe. Never mate. won it. Never won anything, oh. but yeah. But no, but like that's, you, mate, you're, you're so close, mate. I mean, you, you, you know, as long as you're Jewish comedian, Jewish comedian of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's my it. attitude was kind of like with the gong, because some people mm. don't like doing those gongs, but for me, it was just about everything is is a is an opportunity to mm. sort of step it up you have to put yourself out there and i didn't agree with doing competitions really i hated mm. being a part of them i hate being judged and shit right. like and against people that you respect but yeah. like, i was trying to get ahead and yeah. that's the only thing that felt like it would work and it kind of gets you a bit of work you just got to keep the momentum you got to keep mm. going until they can't ignore you that's yeah. how i felt it's how i jumped from uh the different gigs as well like because i I shouldn't have been in many of the gigs I did early doors, but you just have to blag it. Mm. Otherwise, you just stay doing the lion's den forever. That's how yeah. I felt, you know. So I kind of uh, just forced it, got yeah. my way onto all kinds of shows and show up at venues, <laughs> get asked to put on, mm. pull every favor. It's crazy. Yeah, that's it, man. Just, uh, you know, you got to make your own luck, huh? Definitely. Walk on the hot coals, man. Just get try and get to that little... A small bit of an opportunity, and so the, you won the King Gong, man. And you're playing the um, comedy store now all the time. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing weekends there. Nice man, that's great. And that was that just that's a good example of like utter graft because mm. I never got, I never had management that got me a trial spot. Mm -hmm. I got my weekend spot from beating the Gong. I did it four times, yes. won at the final time, and then I did open spots maybe three five minutes. 
two, three, ten minute spots, mm. then a couple of twenties, and then I got the weekend. Nice. Uh, it took about fucking took at least five years. Fair play. Great. <laughs> Maybe longer. That's great, man. Do you go keep going back to any of the like the uh, gang shows now? You like right? I've done it. I've put myself through the fire. I'm not going back now. I don't have to. I've got nothing to prove. Yeah, I haven't done. I I haven't done many for quite a while. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no if I was mm. if I was in a situation where it was happening. I don't really give a fuck. I do have nothing mm-hmm. to lose. I don't mm-hmm. care. But I think there's a time and a place. Like the thing is, people shit on the Gong Show, but not much more entertaining than the Comedy Store Ken Gong. Pure glad or blood sport shit it's fucking amazing you get yeah. to see dreams destroyed it's so unfair <laughs> it's just not right like talent doesn't win i've seen people who were basically mocked for the for the whole thing winning the gong because mm. the audience just thought this this is fucking mental let's mm. let this guy win nothing makes any sense yeah that's great just chaos so i'm a i'm a fan you know yeah, and yeah. i kind of i thrive in chaos really i quite like those kind of gigs so that's great i would do it do you think because like basically you're you know you're you're a rapper to start with, right? Or no, two thousand six. Yeah, I'd say I'd oh. say so. Yeah, I started with rap. Yeah. Okay, so do you think that that um, improvisation and free flow has really just like enjoyed that? You enjoy that chaos thing more than anything else. Like, oh man, this could ju- it's it's just it's not up to me. Sometimes it's just up to the way yeah. the night happens. Yeah, it gives you a bit more leeway when it goes. Well, what my night? It's all right. I'm just doing my thing. Can't change it. I can't control it. I think the reason I like that is because it just reflects my personality. It's how yeah. I am. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm quite a disorganized, bit insane person, really. So mm. I kind of like when things are rough around the edges and it's a bit feels a bit dangerous. Mm. I kind of like it. Yeah, nice. Don't get me wrong. I like a gig that goes smoothly and mm. everyone has a great time too. Mm. But if it's chaotic and the crowd are hostile. And you manage to beat the odds. I think that's great. That's mm. what it's about. Feels yeah, good. Totally. You overcame it something, you know. Yeah. For sure, man. That's it. I mean, you have been shortlisted for the BBC New Comedy Award as well, right? So in two thousand and sixteen and seventeen. Yep. Wow. Yep. Mate, they couldn't. They oh. couldn't get rid of me the second time. <laughs> I didn't do very well though. Oh. I got to the final of the first that first time. I was in the final, mm. and then the second year, I think I didn't even get through the first heat. <laughs> oh man <laughs> that's what I mean it's all arbitrary like mm. it's fuck knows you just gotta keep like, going go keep going and I don't know what these people wanted I tried I tried my best but you just you gotta find your own way eventually but I just saw it at stage time first and foremost yeah. another gig a good gig yeah can't really try it's hard to do those things and expect to win or to expect to get anything from them you just mm. t- take them for what they are you know yeah just another gig that's it just another just another opportunity yeah so at the time of course i didn't think it was just another gig i thought it was like life and death but yeah it's only in hindsight that you realize it's really irrelevant that's true man in 2017 you did the bbc new comedy award and you didn't you didn't do it as well but you took that your show right up to edinburgh yeah that year and what was the theme for that show? So Ripe was, I think it was my second solo. Uh, mm. The theme was basically, like, honestly, the theme was, it was kind of a bit about redemption for me because this year before I had the first, my first ever show was mm. called Orthodox Joe. And uh, it was a bit of a disaster. I had a bit mm. of a tough month, got kind of bad room, bad 
bad reviews. I wasn't in a good place mentally. I probably wasn't ready for that first show. Mm. So the second year, I went up again the following year, kind of after licking my wounds, mm. learning from it. And I wrote a better show, figured out what I wanted to do, went with a better attitude, didn't drink so much, looked after mm. myself and had a great show. Mm. And the theme of it really was kind of just honing what I was trying to do a lot more. Actually, I mean, there was a theme. The theme was about, it was it was about, fucking hell, it's been a long time, man. I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> it's all about like, kind of life lessons using an analogy of a piece of fruit mm-hmm. turn and ripe you know so you've yeah. got your early years when you're green that's like youth mm-hmm. then you're yellow that's like sort of middle age and then you want to sort of figure it all out before you turn brown so mm-hmm. it's like using a banana analogy yeah not selling it very well it was a good show it just sounds awful from that description but a <laughs> couple of raps littered in there then you know it was all good. And, and I did it in a really pokey room. Like it was in some sort of hotel room, right. not a literal room, but like a room in a hotel fit like 25, 30 people. But it was a bit more controlled than the first show's room, which mm. was like a big beer hall and full mm. of wankers every night. It was very, very tough. The first show, what that was uh, Orthodox Joe. What was yeah. the, what was the, why did that fall apart? Apart from the room? Uh, why, did it, why did it fall apart? It yeah. fell apart. For a few reasons. First of all, ultimately, I, I don't think I was ready for to do that show. Mm. I wasn't like, I don't think I was a good enough comic, really. But it wasn't a bad show, mm. and I think in in the right room, in the right with the right support, I think it could have been fine and serviceable, perfectly fine. Mm. But the room I was in was this kind of free fringe venue, beer hall, very spaced out, lots of drunk. It was like literally underneath a nightclub. So people would be called by the DJ. Like there'd be a rave going on upstairs. The DJ would stop the music and say, mm. hey, I know George Jacobs, Orthodox Jaw, Free Show, get down there. Yeah. So there was like stag parties every night, just oh. drunk idiots, people trying to escape the rain. It was very, very bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Then I had sound issues every night and for a show relying on music, mm. not good. I had people who were kind of, like quite disrespectful running late every night. So I would start late a bit flustered. Then the sound issues wouldn't have time to be sorted, etc. Mm. And then also on top of that, I was aware that I was trapped into this for, for a whole month. It yeah. was not controlled. And, mm. you know, it's funny that I say I like chaos and everything. Mm. I didn't like this kind of chaos because it was, I was really at the mercy of whatever the fuck was going to yeah. happen that evening. It wasn't like doing a show in a nice venue where they know who's coming and it's kind of all respectful. Lunatics will get kicked out. Mm. It's like a, you know, it was really the opposite of that. There was yeah. no one, no one uh, to sort sort it out if things were kicking off. Yeah, yeah, right. And I was like losing it a bit mentally. I was a bit depressed, drinking, mm. getting fucked up. It, you know, it was just a big cocktail of errors, really. Mm. But I learned a lot from it. Was that like a 45 or would you do that for that one? I think, yeah, it was an hour. Oh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, like a fucking baggy hour. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I did, I did my first hour in the uh, in the, the tent in the courtyard in the Free Sisters. Oh, man. Like that was, uh, I think it was four o'clock, four o'clock in the day. And in a tent, yeah? Yeah, you know, the, the other, the, oh, sorry, the murky, they call it. You know, they called it for one year, <laughs> basically, as a tent. What? That white gazebo. Thing. Yeah, man, that was it. That was it. The, uh, I, and like, oh man, I had a reviewer in one day, and 
there was the day that they got their month's delivery of beer. And so I just started in, 20 minutes in, he started like conging every, they were throwing the barrels down the, uh, into the cellar. It was so noisy, mate. It was just like, oh, it was so tough, man. It was so tough. Three stars. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Mate, that's pretty good. I minutes, got a mate. one star. Oh. I got a one star for mine. Oh, no. That's, uh, oh, well. I got a one star for mine. And uh, yeah. that was like right at the end of the month as well, you know, oh. after I'd been there for a month and. They came on a pretty bad night, but they were all fucking bad, really. Like it was just sometimes they were some of the best shows I did. Sometimes mm. it was some of the worst ones I did, but that, it was that balance that was so stressful. Mm. Yeah, because you know, like you literally just didn't know. And it was on. I did a show quite late. I think mm. it was half ten. Oh right, yeah, Ooh. tough one. Which is a bit, which is a bit tough for your first year doing it. Mm. And I, you know, I wasn't around friends really. I wasn't in a supportive environment mm. in that sense. All mm. these things you don't know. And I'd never done a full month at the Fringe either. Up until yeah. then, I'd done maybe a fortnight. Uh, and I had management and they weren't particularly helpful or mm. good. I felt like I've been thrown to the wolves a bit. Mm. But, you know, you've got no one to blame but yourself. And also, what we do is very silly. And, you know, you shouldn't take it seriously. But mm. when you're in the bubble of it, it's mm. very serious. That's and it. You feel That's like it. You're locked into this fucking nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, but weirdly, you've got no sense of humour about having a sense of humour, which is the right, irony right. of that. It's just, oh, God. It's sad well, inception. Know, we talk about competitions and how they don't mean much, but you're in them, they mean everything. Mm. And it's kind of like that. When you're in that bubble of the fringe and you're walking around, you're a bit depressed. You had mm. a rough show. You got, you're not happy with how it's going. And you see peers, people you like and respect, their big faces everywhere with five stars splattered all over mm. them. It, puts your head in a kind of funk you, you're not proud of yourself yeah especially yeah. if you're not satisfied with where you're at oh for sure man for sure and it's kind of feeds it, it perpetuates negativity and it, it was just a rough month but the next year i went i was staying with some good comedian friends i was in a better venue it wasn't it was far from perfect but better i kind of got a better routine attitude mm-hmm. and i came away with some nice reviews and nice coverage and I felt like I'd redeemed it a little bit. And that's 2000 and... I think that was 2017. Wait, that's, we're talking about Ripe now, or are we talking about... That was, that was Ripe, yeah. We're talking about Ripe, sorry, Orthodox Jew, then Ripe, and then, and then you went back. Did you take a year off? Yep. And uh, did you just enjoy your life? Did you go somewhere? What did you do on the, on the, on August? Yeah, I took a year mm. off because I felt like... It's like I said, I felt like I'd redeemed mm. myself and I'd got good reviews. I'd mm. really put everything into making it right after that first fuck up, right. you know, and I'd lost a lot both times, but I kind of had a bunch of four star reviews I was happy with. And I, mm. I felt like I could just take a step back. Right. I didn't want to just chase it for mm. no reason. I had to know I was doing it for something because if I went back another year, I had no eyes on me, no hype. I thought, what's the fucking point? Mm. And then when I went and did Grimefulness, uh, I was kind of proven right because I had no hype, no, <laughs> there was no point really. Luckily, I had fun anyway and enjoyed doing it, but it was tough, tough 2019, was it? No, 2018. Yeah. It was low numbers, but it was a good show. Yeah. Had fun, lost a fortune, yeah. you know, the usual. That's it, man. But you did it, went back, and we go back again? Well, I think I'd like to. I just got uh, some management going mm. on. So we'll, if it makes sense to do it, I'd be up for doing it because this time the show might get some eyeballs on it or whatever. Mm. But honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I think the fringe have a bit of a strange relationship with the fringe. Like it's great and it's fun 
and you can go do it and say, oh, I'm going to come out of it a better comedian or, you know, I don't care that I lose money, I'm getting better mm. or I'm making, you know, new followers or whatever, but it comes to a point where you have to really assess it like yeah. <laughs> professionally. Mm. Is it actually doing more harm than good, mm. me just putting a month of my life performing to 400 people over the month and spending thousands? I don't know. Yeah, man, you're not saying. The, pa- the plan was to not do Edinburgh in 2019 and sorry 2020 it was to focus on um like online stuff which mm. i'm still kind of doing all right yeah and uh, like so the grindfulness was that like a show really just for you like i mean the orthodox was um you know you're like okay i need to write the show write a show for edinburgh ripe was like yeah. the, co- the comeback and then grindfulness is yeah. like this is mine yeah i've already got the reviews this is for me like i'm just gonna enjoy myself yeah kind of yeah i kind of felt like i knew how to make a show mm. And I, yeah, I didn't really put as much thought into it. I thought it was an all right show. I mm. actually think Ripe was probably the best show I did because I had that flame and fire. Like I really, <laughs> I really wanted to show I was good at that point. With yeah. Grindfulness, it was just kind of more of the same a little bit. There were some good routines and everything, but I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't feel the same to me. I think mm. it was maybe because of the venue as well. I kind of liked my little shanty town venue that mm. second time around. It was quite funny. Nice. It's quite funny that I was in a hotel, like literally. <laughs> it was for sweet venues. I don't know if they even mm. still exist anymore. They did. They put me in this hotel. It's like literally out of the way of the entire fringe. Mm. <laughs> there is were that, no other shows. Is, is that the is one it? down the bottom, like of uh, uh, near the? Is it like just near the uh, the bridge? You know, you kind of like. Um... I don't even remember where it is. It's like near the Pleasants, but not near the main action. Well, okay. And it was like out, outside a hotel. And so if you're flying outside the hotel, there's no point because people are either staying in the hotel mm. or walking past to do something else. So you just look like a lunatic yeah. in front of a hotel with flyers of your face. And I had, I remember I had a, a flyer that month who was like some glue sniffing bus driver scouser <laughs> who's like 19 years old. And I just sort of, he was useless. He actually got banned from the Pleasants, I believe, oh. for being too aggressive. Yeah. But I kept him along because I just found it quite entertaining. When you went to uh, Edinburgh for the for Ripe, how did, you said you're surrounded by you know, like friends and other comics being supportive and stuff. How, what was your routine that you managed to stay sane for the month? What did you do to kind of just go, right, okay, I need to just, you know, what this did is I do? Well, first of all, I was... I was with good people. So shout out Danny Ward, mm. shout out Mark Simmons. They're good guys. Mm. The type of people you want around you, like just good lads, funny, good friends. Mm. And Danny managed to sort out a really nice place. It was like a sort of student, it's like student halls basically, but it's en suite bathroom. Nice. Mm. It's like a kind of pokey little hotel room almost. And that made a huge difference to have like a little bit of your own space properly somewhere that's nice. Uh, it's also near a Baskin Robbins, which is good. Mm. I like to go there sometimes. Mm. And uh, as far as routine goes, it's about, it was just about getting up, like getting enough sleep, eating well, doing exercise, like kind of looking after yourself, keeping yourself away from all the action if that's what you needed, mm. rather than sort of trying to force force it and be around everything. Not, I didn't see a billion shows because it's all quite draining if you just go up there and you're like having a beer every few hours watching show after show doing open mic after open mic it's like you gotta look after yourself man it's not it's a fucking slog up there so it was just stuff like that 
probably basic stuff to normal people, but I had to learn the hard way that these are important things to, to do. You get addicted, don't you, to the buzz? You're like, okay, I'm here. This I should be doing this. I should be I should be gigging. Yeah. I should be I should be out socialized. This is like the you know Disneyland for comics. Okay, let's go and see everything. And you're like, okay, right. I literally, I've got no energy left in the tank to do yeah, this yeah. anymore. Yeah. Because if you if you start like that and you do a week of hard drinking, hanging out of everyone, like watching some shows, blah, blah, you'll be exhausted for the final couple. Like, mm. it'd be fucked. You might get ill. Yeah. Manage to not get ill which is important, you know, all these mm. things. Yeah, just looked after myself, really. Writing-wise, what do you do in the daytime? Do you, like, do you set hours to write or do you just go whenever I feel happy and just in, like, I got... Well, in the fringe. Anytime, really, to be honest. In the fringe. Either, either well, one. Well, at the fringe, I I wanted to try and write at the fringe, but I can't really do it at the fringe. Mm. I mostly just played Nintendo Switch and just nice. fucking <laughs> hung out, Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But writing, yeah, I... I when things were normal, I do. I did have a very strict writing regime. I liked to kind of set aside hours in the day to mm. sit and force myself to write, even if nothing's coming. Because I think you have to present yourself and let inspiration come to you. you can't, it doesn't always just appear. Kind of, you got to make yourself available. Mm. So I like to have a structure, knowing that I'll be at a desk for these hours writing something. I think there, that's important. Is there bribery involved, like to like kind of bargains? Go right. I've just have this have this cup of coffee now, and then I'll have a tea, and then okay, and then I've done those two things to jack me up to go and get into the hour of writing, or just go right. Fuck, I'm just gonna handcuff myself to this fucking chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit of both, man. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm I am very lazy, but yeah, I'll, I'll jack myself up on coffee. Yeah. Watch YouTube for a couple hours, mm. but I don't know. It's it's about just being in that place. What coffee are you and on? What coffee got you go for? Do you go for maximum French strength, or are you like you just easing in at number three, or like? Uh, nah, it's got to be fucking jet fuel. Oh my! Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> you got, okay. Like you light it first, and then then put out and drink yeah, it like yeah. a sambuca, right? Okay, like a flaming mo, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I recently got given an AeroPress, so I'm like grinding my own beans. Right. I'm into that. I like that a lot. Nice, nice. Gotta be strong. I like the strong shit. Yeah, yeah. You really feel the kick, right? You just like, okay, right, we're doing it. Well, we're gonna be awake for definitely. a few hours now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I like, I like writing at night as well, mm. especially music. I write. Um, I find that with jokes, material, the best time is in the morning for mm. me after the coffee. And I find with music, I'll be up till like three, four, writing stuff. I kind of like that. You have a looming deadline of trying to get into bed for three or four yeah. and you can't get into bed until you finish this thing. Nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that works. with music, like, I mean, with, with, I think for, for me with music, like when you're writing like, like lines for music, you feel like it has to come out in one chunk. Right. But with comedy, yeah. it's like, it's like it's bit by bit isn't it really you know there's like you go okay right well i've done that's nearly there it's nearly it's not quite but it's just it most of it's there there's other stuff that needs to be put in but the, i guess the, the i mean this is i don't rap but I, I i've written a few things but like not nothing I'm, I'm trying to compare um the the difference in the writing of comedy to the writing of rap is that a, mm. a correct analogy that one is comes out has to come out in one chunk and that's it it's nearly it's nearly there just a few more tweaks but the comedy is just you can't Kinda, force yeah, that yeah. yeah i agree i agree agree i think um that's why yeah i like that's why i like writing rhymes and songs mm. because it is satisfying when you 
of giving yourself a task and you write three verses or mm. you, a hook comes to you mm. and you, you very much know when it's finished or when a draft of it is finished but with comedy like you said it's it's ongoing yeah you know, it never it can never be finished yeah that's right you know this is and not it might be like and like you might for a for when it comes to writing jokes it might just be a sentence mm. that you've come up with mm. but you know you're happy with what that is mm. yeah. or if that's not coming you might sit and write 500 words a thousand words which i might do and like hope that something out of it is salvageable or mm. useful and it might not be but at least you tried you sat you were yeah. by the desk you gave it a shot and that's, that's i think the most important thing because if you expect jokes to come every day out of thin air they probably won't maybe mm. they do for some people but not me i've got to really think and figure stuff out and spend time expressing what the fuck's going on in my nut yeah man yeah if it's a feeling or just like an observation it's like oh there's more in this there's, oh, there's definitely something in there the knot crack that knot isn't it yeah for sure when you were first uh like you know you were like okay i always want to get up on stage and do comedy who was the person you've most admired when you first started the first person i really saw when i was a kid was jack d that was probably mm. the first guy i remember I like Jack D a mm, lot and mm. I used to watch Jerry Sadowitz. I got a VHS that my grandpa got me years mm. ago. That kind of set me off as well. Crazy Scottish people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say those two really. They were the first two I remember. Eddie Murphy. And you've shared the stage with like uh, Bill Burr? When you, That's when, right, yeah. It was in LA. LA, right, so, right. Yeah. Happened by accident. It wasn't... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't like properly booked, but and like what, nice where was that in LA? What what venue was that? Is that at the store? LA oh, Comedy nice. Store. I was basically out there just for a trip, and I kind of was trying to get some work, a bit of gigs, hmm. and someone hooked me up with like some very average shows. But then I met someone who had an in at the store and kind of got me in last minute spots. Yeah, it was yeah. cool, very nice. I'd like to get back out there. Do you find the crowds over there more giving, or or what did you feel when you were on stage? <laughs> yeah, they weren't they weren't more giving definitely because uh, I was a bit of an anomaly, you know, mm. I'm a British person over there. So mm. I think they like that. I mean, no shade to that circuit. I don't know it very well, but it's. I think there's so many more comedians, and it's so more the way that circuit operates is so different to ours. Like mm. we can gig every night we don't have to bring people necessarily we don't mm. have to have like a drinks a minimum drinks order for the people we do bring mm. over in the states you've got to bring friends you've got to spend on drinks these nights they have like 20 comics doing fives and everyone i don't know whether it's american whether it's an american thing but everyone is basically the same right. <laughs> very little distinction they're all very similar like style delivery content mm. it's crazy i don't mm. know i think i feel like i'm lucky to have done comedy in in britain because we got the best from everyone across the world premiership i do think so yeah mm. maybe uh, i haven't been in la enough to see it properly but that's that was my first thought so mm. it's very saturated like you I would i think it'd be very hard to elevate in la as a mm. comic a lot harder and like uh so Stuart lee as well where was that Stuart Lee, we did Stuart Lee basically. So my regular open mic is Jester Jester. Right, right. Yes, of course, man. Yeah, so Jester Jester's. I met those guys from doing the Dan years ago, and then mm. it moved to Jester Jester's. Started around the same time I was starting, and that's they're my, they're my guys. And basically, I think John Hearn, 
managed to just get Stuart Lee to just show up to do some work in progress. So kind of he asked the jesters regulars to come and support the night and he just build it without fanfare. He just set up his uh, Facebook event and just listed the acts and Stuart Lee on the top and didn't really make much of a deal about it, which I think was quite funny, but it was sold out. It was all his uh, fans obviously saw the mailing list and it was a really good night. Excellent, man. Excellent. And and of course, you know, the last one I'm going to hit now is and Mr. Motivator. I love it. The big, big and then mr motivator at the end <laughs> yeah mr mr motivator what happened there mate what was there fucking hell that was one of my favorite shows ever yeah, i was yeah. booked to do a festival called innocent unplugged right so it was like the whole thing was that it was about t- turning off all your social media and just uh yeah just like being analog for the weekend and right. uh i was booked with my rap group that i'm in moose funk squad we were going to headline the festival yeah, we were on after Mr. Motivator and it right. was seeing him do his thing was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because yeah. he literally does a full workout for an hour and everyone who was watching the show was off their tits on drugs and mm. they really were going for it. You know, wow. they were they were really going for it. So it was hard to follow because everyone was tired. Yeah. And um yeah, it was crazy to meet Mr. Motivator. The man doesn't age. Yeah. It was good to good to chat with him, talk shop. He's a good dude. Yeah, was he? It's was a he crazy gig? He's cracking jokes as well. I guess he's got his own little set and routine in with his. Uh, with his I wouldn't exercise. say it was cracking jokes. Yeah. He literally <laughs> fucking exercises for fifty minutes. But, I mean, that's good enough. It's right, quite play. the spectacle. Yeah, it's quite the spectacle. Like, it's very... yeah, it's like he really doesn't do much crowd work. <laughs> <laughs> he he does he does an exercise routine for fifty minutes, man. Yeah, and it's fucking banging. It, you know, it's everyone great. was very satisfied. Yeah, you know, they get the natural endorphins going. Yeah, it was a solid booking from Innocent to get him to to come through. Yeah, yeah, a very uh, a very physical uh, and visual act. <laughs> definitely, that's definitely. great. Definitely, I want to be like that, man. I want to still be doing my thing when I'm yeah, his age. Damn right, rocking man. out for fifty minutes, doing my thing, crazy. Yeah. He must be, is he close to his 60s now? He must be, is he? It must be, yeah. I don't know, man, but he's looking great. Fair play to him. Fair he was in the Lycra, he was in the 90s Lycra, man. It was mm. crazy. Man, amazing. So you're like trying to get the energy back up again. I mean, do you have to... Exactly. Like, to, wow, that's... It was not easy. It was mm. not easy. Yeah. But we got them in the end. We got them in the end, yeah. That's good, man. That's good. But what was your name, your rap group? Moose Funk Squad. Moose Funk Squad, right. Are they on, you got your YouTube channel and all that and stuff, yeah? Yeah, we got a few. We got a couple albums out. We're trying to write more stuff, but um, nice. everyone's doing their own thing. It's quite hard to get all the moose in a room, but hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. And yeah, I'm working on solo stuff. They're doing solo bits too. Great. Follow it. And uh, so you got like so. Jester Jacobs is your name. Your own uh, solo stuff, right? And mental yeah. diso- mental disorder. Uh, you released that in 2008. That's right, yeah. So yeah, and like, um, you, do you hawk that round for comedy gigs as well? Is it funny, um, stuff, or it's got, is it just? It's got funny stuff in there and serious. It's a bit mm. of everything. Like, oh, right. there's a, there's songs on mental disorder about shooting people with super soakers filled with piss <laughs> and getting jacked. All kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff going on there, and it's quite an old record, but it's still pretty good, I think. But I've had a lot more music since then, so I. Sp- certainly try and flog that at shows as well Great. but this new album coming out i think going to be good it's called uh it's called grindfulness it's going to be good grindfulness right nice from 2019 is that like stuff taken out of there and recalibrated for this album or a couple bits but it's like they were kind of both sort of in tandem really mm-hmm. 
written among, around the same time and uh i think that, like it will make sense when you hear it all right put okay. it that way yeah. awesome and when's that released hopefully it's come in march nice one um yeah so and uh the last thing really for things that you went on to uh harry hill's club night man uh on channel yeah, 4 yeah. that's great mate that whoa great You're smashing it it's brilliant thank so, you like yeah like i mean so how was that how did you sleep after that how was it <laughs> i didn't i was i was fucking buzzing after that it was so mm. great i was very happy with everything it was one of the one of my favorite memories really yeah. doing comedy it was fucking really really fun i'm very lucky that i got to do for my first tv spot i got to do a show like that i feel mm. very lucky because i think uh it was a it was a good platform for what i do yeah. i was able to just do it how i wanted to do it like and to be able to do you know like a seven minute set of stand up or whatever mm. uninterrupted like that quite rare really like there aren't mm. many there aren't too many stand up shows that will allow that to happen certainly not at the time anyway you've got mm. apollo you got i don't know russell yeah. howard yeah that's where it. else do you go is, is that even going anymore? Is that he's, he's got it's going in some form, but I don't know. It's not, not the same as it was when you had like yeah. comics doing twenty or you know an inter, uninterrupted set. And what 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 has happened after that? I mean, that must have slingshotted you a few levels, right? Um, well, you, <laughs> you think so? It did, like kind of, and it was cool that I got to announce it and everything. But it mm. actually didn't. It didn't really do too much for me necessarily oh. because I had meetings with agents again like set it all up and um it didn't quite for whatever reason they weren't interested i spoke to basically everyone i'd been rejected pretty much by every agent going at this point now Mm. by everybody literally Mm. so i was kind of like at a bit of a loss really and then covid happened because keep in mind harry's show was what end of 2019 Mm. covid happened march february march 2020 so it wasn't too long after that covid happened really yeah yeah so then the meetings I had with agents, they all got postponed or cancelled. So I was at a loss. But then I got in touch with the guy who's my current agent Great. during lockdown. And we were chatting and then we had a quick meeting and then it all became official. Oh, but when I met him for the first time, he said, oh, I didn't sign you. Or I didn't really bother looking into it when I saw you on Harry because I just assumed you were signed because mm. you were on Harry Hill. Yeah. So there you go. That's great, man. You've got to basically just keep knocking in it. Keep knocking. I'm still, I still need somebody. I still need help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, always. Man. Appearances made to be keep, deceiving. Keep going, always. Yeah, man. So, uh, like, what is the, I mean, I know we're in lockdown now, but what is the next step apart from you releasing the album, which is Grindfulness? Are you writing just a, a pure comedy show or are you going to just can't always have the two things connected? I don't know, man. Whatever, whatever I feel works, I will do. Yeah. I, I won't just do it for the sake of it. I'm always yeah. writing music. I'm always writing jokes. Mm. If they work together for something, I'll put them together. If they mm. don't, I won't sweat it too much. But things I'm working on, I'm, I've written a couple of scripts during oh. lockdown. Great. That I think are cool. Mm. Like I said, the album's coming. I've got another album, hopefully, coming after that pretty soon. Nice. I'm on a record label, Big Up Revolve Records. And uh, what else? I'm going to do a regular comedy rap night at 21 Soho. Fingers crossed that goes ahead. That's 21st cool. of January. Great. You'll be a resident yeah, there? Yeah, man, just, just keep trucking. You, you'll be a resident? Yeah, oh, yeah great, I'm going to host it. Oh, nice. And you'll be able to get people in like who just try and stuff out and 
and stuff and not necessarily kind of i just want to yeah i just want to kind of have a mixture of bit of music bit Mm. of stand up whatever whatever i'm into whatever i think would work for the night nice yeah nice and so these scripts are they sitcoms or like films or both sitcoms sitcoms nice couple sitcoms yeah right have you just on your own or just with somebody or you like just hacking away i have a partner that i write with for the sitcoms usually a guy who's not a comedian but very funny man and i write with him we're trying to get another one going too that's great man that's great i I managed to find a partner just before the lockdown as well and he's really good at story and i was like okay hand me the story okay i'll punch this up put some nice jokes there's no jokes when you write have a writing partner one of you is better at the other thing you know, like one of you is better at writing the the story, the storyline, yeah, yeah. and then you know you put the other you put the jokes in, or or you Definitely. do a little bit of both. You have a little bit of both, but you know there's always one that's stronger in one element, and you just come up together. It's kind of handy because you've got something to bounce something off, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, I'm lucky with the guy I write with because I've known him for so long. We have a very similar sense of humor from knowing each other so long that we're able to push things and like really push things out there. And Brilliant. I have to rein him in usually because he's. He doesn't do the circuit or stand up, mm. so he doesn't actually know when things have gone too far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's for me to say, all right, nah, maybe not that. But yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good to have have the chemistry of someone yeah, immediately. Totally. A lot on, man. A lot of stuff to push forward for twenty twenty one, man. That's good. And so, I hope so, what are you thinking now? Are you thinking you're going to go to Chesham for your Christmas dinner? It wouldn't be in Chesham. It would be at oh, my mom's sorry. place. You, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's all good. Uh, I don't know. I need to fucking read this shit. Uh, you know, like. I think family's family, man. Is, how old is your mum, if you don't mind me asking? Is she, like, is she, oh, how about so, this? Is she 60 odd now. Is she, is she fun- getting on it? You consider vulnerable? She they consider the vulnerable people after over 60. Are you considered vulnerable, uh, high risk? That's what they consider, isn't it? Are people that are over 60 high risk? I don't know. Depends, isn't it? Yeah. Of health problems or if they got health. Well, this stuff's fucking confusing, but if, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone at risk in my yeah. family. So I'm going to read she, up about yeah. it. And if, if it seems dodgy, I'm going to pull out. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's like, you know, are you going to say to your mom, do you want me there? Do you want me there? <laughs> you know, do you, do you she want wants me, me there. there. She wants me there. It's yeah. me that's trying to decide whether that's right. I don't yeah, know. Fair, fair. But we'll see. We'll that's see. It. What are you doing for Christmas? Uh, I'm just, I'm staying in Hemel, man. I'm not going home to Ireland. We can't because all the flights are locked down anyway. A couple of friends of mine had some flights booked and they just can't can't get back so it's just like um, but I'm, I'm staying Hemel Hempstead with the wife and uh, yeah we're just gonna we're gonna have have a bit of bit of turkey just relax mate that's it I don't have to go oh, no. nice. oh, yeah. I hope you enjoy I hope you enjoy yeah it should be alright man it should be alright I'm looking I'm looking forward to the little bit of a break to be honest but just it'd be nice to be able to actually not have a break you know it's it's in it's 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 forced break isn't it really you know but yeah we're just trying to stay on it man just trying to get other stuff done in the in the um in the lockdown use the use the time wisely is what i'm trying to do and just but don't don't stress yourself too much if it happens it happens that's it that's it that's it just can't don't beat yourself up as long as you made the effort that's all that counts man you know you know effort's all about the effort Make so, sure you enjoy it too. Yeah, that, well, that's true. Go that's true. It. You need to have fun with it. Um, so what what are you going to do in the next few days? Anything, anything just to keep writing and stuff? Yeah, same thing I've been doing, man. Yeah. Very little. Just trying to keep keep my nut together. <laughs> yeah, hold it in. That's it. Wear yeah, hats. Like, that's, the, <laughs> that's the most important thing. Because like, if things are going to return anytime soon, you've got to be ready for it. But you mm. can't stress in the meantime, you just got to look after yourself, try and be useful to other people. That's about it, man. Last Stay thing, positive. One last thing before we wrap up, right? Question for you then. I ask this to every person I interview. 
having a show. You c- comedy rapper, like if you saw yourself as a some sort of job or trade, it doesn't have to be a trade or job. It could be anything you want, uh, uh, but like a model of something. You could go, I'm this. For example, Sean Mio considers himself as a a traveling gun for hire, like a, a gunslinger, you know, on stage. What, you know, all right, all right, here we go. What? Okay, now you don't have to be like that. You could be anything. You could be like an animal or whatever it is. You know, you have fun with it. What do you see yourself as? What well, could be a caricature? Anything on stage? You know, that kind of that being. What do I see myself? Yeah. I'm just. Uh... Just your neighborhood rap singer, man. All right. That's it. All right. What can I say? Right. <laughs> rap slinging slang, man. What can I right. say? Slinging tunes. You sprung it on me. I mean, no, sure, man, take it's definitely time. good. No, take it's, your time. Uh, There's no rush on it, man. Nah, first, first answer's good. I'll take it. Right. Okay. Neighborhood so... rap singer, but I mean, I'd like to be a gun for hire, but I don't think I'm yeah. that. I don't, I don't feel confident saying I'm that. That's very like you don't have to be like the big bravado with it. You could that's it. You want to go with neighborhood rap singer that you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rap, sounds na- friendly. Neighborhood rap also artist. That's quite cool. quite dodgy as well. So yeah. like that. A little bit of gangster stuff thrown in there. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Nice. All right. Well, Joe, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was a real pleasure to talk to you about comedy and what you're up to and what you're doing and how you're getting through it. My pleasure, man. I hope you hope you have a good Christmas and New Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and happy New Year to you, Joe. All right, brother, take care. And that was episode 92 with a very funny, multi-talented Joe Jacobs. He had an album come out in March 2021 called Grindfulness, and he's got one came out in 2008 called Mentalist Order. Look, he's busy as anything, and he's a very funny guy. If you're booking comedians for your night, get him down to close your night. He is absolutely excellent. Joe Jacobs, Jester Jacobs on YouTube, and he's also part of a rap troupe called Moose Funk Squad. So he's a very funny guy. Get him down to your comedy night. You won't be disappointed. That's episode 92. Joe Jacobs, Jester Jacobs on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel. Next month, we have another absolutely brilliant comedian. When I first started out about 10 years ago, I was doing all these open spots up and down the country, and this guy was closing these gigs, smashing the hell out of him. I was so impressed with him, I thought, I'm going to have him on the podcast. And he's moved back to Australia, so we recorded this at a funky time in the morning. So I hope you enjoy it. That's for episode 93 at the end of December. Hope you had a good November. Enjoy your December. I'll speak to you then.